Blog Talk Radio. We want to have just an off-the-cuff... Chairman, the music is not going to play. Okay, it's no problem. All power is to oppress people who... African power to an African, people in black power. Welcome to the People's Black Panther Party radio program. I'm your brother, Chairman Yanga and Krumah. Haven't heard from me in a while. Haven't spoken to you in a while. So it's great to be back. Um, always wonderful for me to have opportunity to be invited to your homes, to be invited to your eardrums, to, uh, you know, share philosophies, ideologies, some ways that we can possibly move forward and advance our people, the overall mission and objective of the People's Black Panther Party. With me today in my return is our National Director of Operations, Sister Seven. How are you, Sister Seven? Oh, uh, after being locked down and everything else like that, I guess I can't complain. Um, I'm enjoying myself and my home and my family, mm-hmm. but I am missing uh, my, my normal routine of things. So um, it's kind of a mixed bag here. Oh, man, absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are going stir-crazy right about this time. Um, and, and that you know what? That's a good segue into the, just the whole first segment of the the show, a good a way to come into the topic, social responsibility in this time of crisis. It's really the show is social responsibility, planning and pulling together in this time of crisis. But let's address that first thing, social responsibility. Um, you know, I'm saying I have to say something out. This is not directed to any particular party. It's not a shot or anything like that. It's just addressing an issue. This thing is real. It has gotten very serious. You know, I'm not the biggest news buff. I'm going to give a disclaimer. I am not in the medical profession. I have no idea what's going on. I'm just as in the dark. And to make it, I will admit, and I probably shouldn't as a chairman, I'm not even probably as abreast as some of you brothers and sisters on how you contract it or what this whole thing is absolutely about. A lot of what I'm getting is secondhand information. Uh, so, you know, I'm not going to address the whole medical side of it. We have a lot of programs for that. What I will say is be careful what you hear and what you take in. You know, don't panic. Let's not look for the magic cure in drinking three quarts of bleach, and a splash of ammonia type thing. You know, let's be real, okay? Mm. But with that being said, with the whole stir crazy, and those of us that really take social uh, responsibility and accountability, we're like, you know, what are we going to do for our people type of brothers and sisters? How can we, how can we be effective without being infective? You know what I'm saying? I've seen... A lot of uh, parties putting out there, meet us at this place at such amount of time, and we're passing out uh, supplies. I think the intentions are great, very noble and honorable, but I question how really safe is that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you're bringing people who aren't exposed to the potential of being exposed to it. I don't really say that's why I say let's be effective but not infective. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and you 
you picked the perfect uh, co-host for the night because I am one of those that tell you, come on out. Um, I'm going to douse you with some hand sanitizer and bring you the supplies out, okay? So okay. you picked the perfect co-host because I, I am not see. staying in. I don't trust this government. I don't yeah. trust them enough yeah. to say, okay, I'm going to close my eyes for 10 seconds and you can do whatever you want. You know, I'm the one that wants to go sneak up at the schools and be mm-hmm. like, uh, what are y'all doing up here while my child's yeah. not up here? Right. Um, What's going on? And, right. Gotcha. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. My, yeah. my, my conspiracy theories are off the roof here. And, okay. um, I, so that's why I'm the perfect co-host on this one. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm not doing it. Um, okay. and it, only because I don't trust this government. I don't, you know, it's so funny, um, Peel, Key and Peel, whatever his name mm-hmm. is, he's a comedian, he does movies, he did this really awesome um, fake news thing where he had President Obama talking, and, and it looked really like President Obama was saying some stuff, and, and that's my president, I'd be like, oh, what you say, President Obama? And so um, it was a puppet, it was like, you know, virtual reality, it was so fake, mm-hmm. and um I'm just like, we got, it is scared me because I was sitting there like, okay, thanks for exposing how easy it is for anyone to make anything look like something, you know? I I can agree. I would agree. You know what? I don't disagree with that. Here's what I would say, though, is you have to take your precautions just in case. And those of us that are willing to get out there and risk and do what we have to do, we should do that. That's what I'm saying. I don't think we should invite the people to us. I think we should go to the people. This is the importance of knowing your neighbor, operating in communities. You know what I'm saying? We we get so grandiose uh, in our parties that we want to tackle this city, party of Atlanta. That's a pretty big place. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know? So knowing your neighbors and your so the people that are quarantined, did they go in with enough water? If they don't want to venture out, can you get the water form, or can you sanitize your car and help them to make a run? Public transportation is 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 murder. So the yeah. the you know the things that we uh, I think that we were always talking about, we prep for, we should be prepared for. Now is the time to act. But you, you know, and that comes into the planning and pulling together. The first is really come together on a plan that I think is smart but effective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let's get those yeah. brothers and sisters that want to get out there. Let's mask them up. Those of us that don't want to go, let's fund it. Let's mask them up. Let's glove them up. Exactly. Let's exactly. apply them up. Let's send them, and they send them door to door. Old school. You okay, old timer? Mm-hmm. You good up in here, mom? Pops. You, you said some key words real quick. You said them. Because you said for those that want to go, go. And for those that don't, fund them. Okay, yes, so no matter what, you still got something to do, you know, mm. and that's where we have to really start to see our social responsibility. So I'm mm-hmm. not saying that you don't have, that you go out there, because if you, if you squeamish, you don't need to be with me. You know? <laughs> right. so oh, please believe. Please believe. <laughs> please believe. Please believe. If you squeamish, don't even come over here with me, yeah. okay? But on the real, um, mm. that doesn't mean I don't have something for you to do. You know, right. it doesn't mean I, I still don't need this, that, or the other. And so I think sometimes we fall short of doing anything because we're looking to do the big thing. Or mm-hmm. or we see the big thing, I'm like, ooh, I can't do wow. that. 
and I'm wow. like, okay, don't worry about that. I got mm-hmm. other stuff. That's just what you see. What you see is a final product. I got mm-hmm. so much other stuff getting ready to this one moment, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. that I don't have all this hand sanitizer at my house. Somebody got to go to the store. That Before we exactly. go to the store, we need some money. Before we do yep. that, we need, you know, there's so many steps to it that it's, um, don't It's like the weaving in the tapestry. Absolutely. It's like the, the weaving in the tapestry. You see the finished product, but how many threads and yeah. fine time and, you know, uh, who was it that, uh, was it you or was it uh, Sister Unique that said when they were learning, they had when they would make one misthread? Their, yeah, Unique, uh, she yeah, all of it out. And uh-uh. I was like, wait a minute now. Okay, don't <laughs> pull on my twins, okay? Yeah, this real talk. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. that's what we're talking about with tapestry for social responsibility. And if it ain't, yeah. you know, we should have learned our past should have been misthreads. You know, we've had to pull some of them out, and we start re-threading. But you're absolutely right. You, we got a role for everybody to play. Then that goes into the next whole thing that is planning and pulling together. You know, we really, we are in a state of crisis, whether it's a government hoax or whether it's the real shenanigans or whatever. Like I said, we're in the state. We have to address how it affects us, particularly as a people, because it is affecting us. Fact or fiction. You know what I'm saying? It is affecting the black community. So we have to address it and deal with it. And now is not the time, like I love what you said earlier, where everybody wants to be the party of a city or everybody wants to, you know, address the big, wants to come up with the cure for corona and not inoculate or figure out how to really uh, help our community through this time of misinformation, fear, and sickness. You know, even if it's psychosomatic. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I know um, there was a time where all of my family lived in uh, a 30-minute range of each other, okay? Mm -hmm. And my house kind of was a little bit – it never flooded. The way there was positioned, like, on a little hill, it didn't flood. So Mm -hmm. my responsibility was to have enough water for a week for all the houses and their fur babies, Okay. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you calculate, okay, this house has this adult, these two children, and this many pets, and we need to be able to splash water on a body. And so, you know, we had a calculation, and I had, there was a room that was just for water. That was my job. You know, mm-hmm. we had a certain level of preparedness when we were all there. But one person, me, I didn't do everything. My job was to make sure we had water. And that was that's what I did, and you know, and then I had some basic other stuff. Um, it was someone else's job to have this, to have that, and then we had phone connections, and and we weren't coming from no natural disaster. We were just coming from the awareness that every now and again we deal with a storm, and we're going to need water. You know what I'm let me, saying? Let and me ask so, you this. But I'm sorry because because I want to ask this question because you know a lot of us get ready for this preparedness that we're going to do. These people that you prepare with, did you always genuinely like them? Or, you know, how did y'all come together to the point where you said, okay, you know what, were y'all best of buddies or did y'all fall out? Were y'all regular human beings? But come to the point somewhere and say, hey, you know what, this is for the best interest of all of us. And if you did, how did you, you know, come about really getting people to understand, we got to put the petty differences aside for this moment? Uh, Well, that's what an emergency should be considered. 
So when I'm calling somebody and I'm like, hey, how you doing? Kicking in. All right, fine. Okay, that's a conversation. When I text you 911, I'm expecting you to get back to me at your earliest convenience because I have a situation going on, and I don't abuse that. So, no, we're not friends, you know what I'm saying? It would be nice to be friends with people, but we weren't, you know. We were um, understood that there was a problem. I understood that my house would be best for people to come to because I didn't flood not because my house was the biggest because it wasn't. Not because my house was the best looking because it wasn't. You know, I, I had as much challenges in my house as all the rest of those other houses. But geographically positioned, my house was the easiest to get to. It was in the central of everybody, and I didn't flood. So we came up with the decision that that was why my house was used. So none of this has to do with, oh, well, this, you know, this person thinks she's cute. This has nothing to do with, you know, um, or anything like that. It had to do 100% with the logistics of the problem, with the resources that we had. Man, that's, that's, that's absolute. And that's right and exact. And this is what we're doing with now. I think that this is what I'm really trying to draw attention to. What we're doing with now is we're dealing with now the time to see how responsive, how effectively responsive we can be. You know what I'm saying? The time to see how, you know, as we say in, in the thing, civilized, God, how civilized we can be and overcome these. And we have to combat this thing, like I'm always saying, on every front. Now we're combating fear. We're combating real uh, health. We're combating, uh, in what is it, immobility. You know what I'm saying? We have an elder uh, demographic in our society. We have an elder seg- segment. We have a baby segment. Or the babies getting the nutrition they need. Now the schools are closed. This and that. Like I said, public transportation is a zero. What about the brothers and sisters in the community that can't get to these designated spots? And if it is something, further risking them uh, to exposure. I'm looking at Louisiana. What came across the news in Louisiana? And listen, Louisiana, I'm a man of faith. So you're in my prayers. You really are in my prayers. If what they're saying is serious, that they can't get ventilators and they can't get what they need because I know what segment of society is going to suffer first. And I know what ethnic group or that segment of impoverished society is going to suffer. Nine times out of ten, it's us. Should any of this be some truth to any of this? So, you know, Louisiana, you know my prayers, but this is what I'm talking about. Those of us in regions that it hasn't hit as hard, and like I said, we got diehards, like our national direct operation. Let's get it together, get a truck together, put it down there and go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They can't get ventilators. They can't get things. Let's put some supplies together in these regions that hadn't been as hard hit and locked down in Ohio. So they've closed the bridge. So, you know, mm-hmm. Kentucky ain't even let nobody in. Ohio can't let them out. Kentucky won't let them in. So you can't. So, you know, you're looking at, you know, I'm stranded. Not stranded, praise God, but, you know, I'm isolated. I'm mm-hmm. kind of within an unofficial quarantine. It's going down. It's yeah. gotten real. So with the with the little time we have, it's time to start pulling together and see what resource we got to develop a, a underground network like like Mother Harriet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, um, to me, in my small opinion, we've had mm-hmm. a couple of trial runs. You know, because we had some pretty sizable storms come through the southeast last year, where we did have people out of place, and so oh, yeah. hopefully yeah. from that time. You should know where you get to go, okay? You should know which house has, has 
which house is going to maintain electricity, which house I already know my mother's house is not going to maintain electricity or water. So I already making plans. Okay, that means that you got this household has got to come here. You know, this household, we already know they don't have a car. That means we got to think ahead of time and come to get you because we already know you don't have access to come out once anything goes down. So we got to think ahead of time. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we have to start making these plans for people. And But we had some practice with these storms. We had to mm-hmm. practice because I know a family up in North Carolina that went to one house. You know, everyone went to this one particular house. That house lost power. Then they went to another house. This house was in a low zone and had to be evacuated. And so they had to make two or three evacuations, which took time, money, and resources, mm-hmm. only because they didn't know where they could be. My uh, oldest son is in a lowland over in Savannah. Mm-hmm. He has to know that no matter what, you got to evacuate, period. Yeah. You know, the wind blows good. You have got to be okay with leaving, and he's not. And I understand that, you know. I understand anybody who doesn't want to leave their home and leave their belongings. Sometimes pets can't come, you know what I'm saying? And so, it, you know, if you have your fur babies, it's like, I can't leave my dogs, I can't leave my cats. And so I understand all of that. But when we're talking about safety, especially imminent danger, you have to be okay with knowing that I live in a dangerous zone, so when danger comes, I have to go. I have to leave. And so um, we should have had some practice over here in the southeast. We should yeah. already know what it yeah. takes and what it doesn't take. I have been saying for years, we need to think smaller, more efficient. Everyone wants to think global, and, and there's nothing wrong with global because we need those thinkers out there. But I need someone that's going to know about my block, you know what I'm saying, well, this it, little it, neighborhood. Yeah. And so we we got to get smaller and more efficient, you know, Absolutely. because – you know, it, it doesn't make sense for me to be trying to pull and wait for resources that is states away when I should have a neighborhood community um, in place already that mm-hmm. I can call and reach out to and say, hey, I have a problem. And I, so, you, go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, one of our things with, I'm sorry for jumping in, I think one of our things with the whole global uh look and everything comes from you know to me I've always said this and no slight out there to my Pan-Africanist but it's you know that whole it's easier to say that you know I'm a Pan-Africanist or I'm a globalist because it's harder to judge progress you know what I'm saying when you're dealing nationally and even locally you can tell whether or not you're making progress within years a matter of years within a matter of months and weeks months right depending on what your your endeavor (laughs) So I think it's right. it's easier. You're absolutely right. It's 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 a more it's a more tedious process because it's face to face when you work locally. See, a lot of people are globally globally work through computer or through the mail or you know right. general organization meetings, a big convention and this and that, and you know they have their little meetings that the few that get together know. But when you're lo- working locally, it's like you are in your in in your town, I know literally the baker type thing. Right. I'm right. on a first right. name basis. You know, I've seen where you because yeah. when you know they switch jobs, you like you remember her. She worked at the. I'm like, oh, I had different. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's that's working locally, and this is where the people begin to build up a trust. And you can start to formulate a contingency plan. You can tell if you have the people people's ear and they're preparing themselves. 
you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. for um, certain disasters. I think what makes this one unique, uh, and not even really so unique, but just different in what we've seen in, my, in modernity is it is, like I tell people, it is European in its philosophical design. And they say, what you mean, Brother Yanga? I said, it divides you and then you die. It's separate. It is a disease that is against the African concept of community. That's what I hate about it. It's like what you said. It got us so isolated. We're scared of each other now. We don't yeah. even, you know what I'm saying? It is we we're community. We already had enough of that. We already right. Had Divide and conquer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I, so, I thought about that. I thought about yeah. that as we're coming yeah. up on recruiting, as we're coming up on orientation, yeah. as we're coming up yeah. on all these things. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to give you a call and say, hey, I want you to come together and work with, wait a minute, work with. What is work with, mean? come together. With, right, right, yeah. right, right, work with people, with people, you know. Right. If you're not right. in my four walls, I don't know who you are. And I'm like, okay. dang, we were just getting some ground. And unfortunately, it doesn't take a whole lot for our people. We're a little on the squeamish side. And we have not just one or two conspiracy theories going on. We got like 10 going on. And so... It's so hard. We're already divided. We've we've divided ourselves um, in certain ways, and then we've allowed our communities and our social economics and our religion to divide us in some more ways. And then we got this. And so I'm like, really? How many different ways you want to try to divide this apple? And um, and a hundred is it? And by the time we're finished, we got applesauce. We ain't got no more apple. We, you can't even tell it was an apple. You know, we have something completely unusable. And that's the problem. We're moving from something usable to unusable because we've created a, a dynamic of fear, a dynamic of um, isolation, uh, a dynamic of self. Because I guarantee you, after this, how many parents are going to be part of this PTA? <laughs> if you knew that the PTA made the final decision whether these kids stayed in school or not, or stayed in school another week or whatever, I guarantee your butt be part of that PTA then. Yeah, you, you better so. believe it. You better believe it. If Corona's real, it would have been a lot of sick little children running around. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Close school. What? <laughs> we vote that down be right like now. We're not, we're not even going to vote on that one. You're going to take your night quill and call it a day. You and call it a wrap. Exactly. So, I don't think this got real for anybody until the kids stayed home from school. Yeah. I don't think it was real, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was real, you know, um, stay home, okay, whatever. But, like, uh, the Golden Corral up the street is closed mm-hmm. indefinitely because we're not going to eat like that anymore, ever. Exactly. We'll, we'll probably never have buffet, ever, anywhere. And so what happened, I was, you know, speaking to the waitress, because I do speak to everybody in my community. So the mm-hmm. waitress was telling me, you know, oh, we ain't got, you know, the job. They closed. I said, oh, they closed for two weeks. And she said, no, they closed, period. I said, closed, period. She said, mm-mm. I was, so she's looking for another job that can quickly repay her job that was giving her tips every night and everything. And so the damage of this corona happened mm-hmm. to her immediately. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That night when she was expecting to go home with twenty bucks in her pocket, she didn't have that. And so exactly. she, she you know, and so and every day that the uh Golden Corral was 
closed or it was slowing down, she didn't have that money. And then now that they're closed, she's looking for a job that someone else needed a job. And so, you know, I'm, right. I'm like, all of these jobs here are gone. It's not that they fired her. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a wrap. I mean, this thing is, this is what we talk about, the real effect of whether it's a, you know, uh, real or not virus, but it has a very real effect on us directly through indirect economy and everything else. And I know, like they said, what is it, uh, overcrowded population? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That it, I know that they put that out there for overcrowded population, that they're trying to release the population. They left little black children in the house with unemployed parents. Y'all are trying to reduce. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all better open up the schools. Said, Y'all better, ain't no work for mama and daddy and that little baby at the house. Y'all trying to reduce the black population to zero. I think they're trying to boom it because of the Either boom it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now for those. <laughs> now, yeah. Murder and creation all in one wop. I don't know how we're going to. Don't worry about it. I'll take this one out and we'll make a new one. All at the same time. We'll make a new one. Okay. We'll a new one. This one ain't been yeah. that right anyway. Kids, yeah. you better listen. Tell me you yeah. be on these and cues. So yeah. it's, it's yeah. you know, it's like you said, it's it's very real. Uh, in our community, the effects, the, the effects, the effects of, it. of it are so exactly. real. Exactly. Yeah, so real. I can't argue about the virus. I, I mm-hmm. don't know enough to argue about, you know, this, that, because I'm like, there's tons of Right, virus. right, right. Exactly. You got e- Ebola is real. Exactly. I, AIDS is it's real. real. Listen, they, I, they didn't shut the community down for cancer. Man, you better say that. I've said like, the yo, same thing. I was like, yo, black people have killed more black people than Corona. And there there has been no major outcry where we haven't quarantined the black community and said, hey, Negroes, stop killing one another, any of that yeah. type of thing. Yeah. You know, it's, and. That's, uh, that's my problem. That's yeah. my problem. See, like yeah. I said, I just don't trust the government. I'm not saying mm-hmm. people aren't sick. I'm not saying that we shouldn't wash our hands. I'm not saying we shouldn't be six feet away from each other. That's fine with me. I don't need y'all mm-hmm. to bore me in my personal space anyway. Anyway, but what right. What I'm saying is that we've, we've had been on that crisis in how many people die from cancer every single year, all mm-hmm. different kinds of cancers, and we don't shut our country down for that. You know what I'm We don't saying? stop and selling cigarettes. I mean, you know, let alone shut no. a country down. <laughs> we don't stop the the agents no. of cancer. Yeah, you know, we haven't we haven't officiated condoms, and we age is real. Okay, is real in all communities. Diabetes is real, and sugar is a beast. Yeah. Yo, yo, people are addicted to sugar. Yes. We have a drug. Forget the opioid crisis and everything else. We mm-hmm. have a drug that's in every single house that every single American is addicted to, and we're not shutting down the country to get rid of all the sugar. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, when I say I don't trust their motive, I think that they're taking advantage of a situation. So I'm not undermining corona. I'm not. But what I'm saying is that we have some really serious viruses problems and conditions in America already, and y'all still let KFC put a piece of chicken in between two donuts, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, we got to yeah. really stop and think, yeah. Are you, do you really care about Americans' health and you still have that kind yeah. of stuff going no. on? 
Exactly. I, absolutely, absolutely not. My whole theory of the whole thing was, and I, you know, still kind of stick to it. I think it's very. I think white people are very susceptible to it. I, I, you know, and I think that we can't carry this. And that basically, they want distance from everything that will kill them directly. But what I do is like what you said. Go to the economic, social, and psychological effect it has on us. And one is we see what they care about during this time of crisis, during a disease that will kill them dead as hell. They price gouge. It's still about yes. greed, materialism, capitalism at its height. Yes. And then price gouging. So what, but how that affects us directly is we won't be, be able to afford the essentials of life. Yes. You see what I'm yes. saying? So well, we have to yes. look out. So our thing has to be how can we look out for ourselves? How can we replace and create? Certain essentials that we can do, we're going to have to tap into those towns. We got to go to, like you said, Big Mama House. We the Big Mama House for, for some home remedies. You better put them collars on your chest. They ain't selling no more Vicks. They didn't bought Vicks is $100 a, a swab. You can't afford Vicks. So all of you out there used to Vicks, Mithalyptus, Halls, Mithalyptus, you better go back to all that old stuff, teas, boiling teas, and root with some honey, baby, and a little shot of liquor. See, we're going to have to go back to those things because medicine is going to be sky high. Again, it's always so this, high. It, it it's always high. been high, but when the shortage comes, like in yeah. New Jersey, I mean, like in Louisiana, they're having a shortage of ventilators. Even the governor's on there crying about price gouging. He's like, we got to end this system of, uh, see, now they want to go to socialism, communalism. We got to end this system. Yeah. Well, He's talking about we got to end this system of companies bidding at the highest bidder. Yeah, now it's all, you don't like capitalism. Now you wish you had a society that the people's needs came first because your ass crying. See, when it was well, bid, bid, bid. Yeah, yeah. The socialist people, people that want socialism, that are not socialists, that's because they have a problem. I have a need. I have a need. Yeah. So now I want yeah. you to handle my needs. You know, yeah. it's not that I yeah. really care about the, you know, people kill me with the village concept. I'm like, the people that want the village concept are always people that got, like, 10 kids, okay? Yep. And now yep. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not village concept, you know? Right. Uh, we right. have to stop. You know, the village is everyone putting in and, and, and benefiting, not just those that have these needs. You know, we're still very individualistic in our ideas until it benefits us. And that's mm-hmm. what we have to grow out of. You know, we, we are really at a point where we um, – it's still we're still very selfish, even to the point where we will claim social needs and social wants uh, when we have when we're really just thinking about our own individual needs. Absolutely, absolutely. But you absolutely, I would agree. You know, but I think that once the social needs, I think once you see that when the village is fed, that alleviates at least the basics of. Then you have to deal with greed. But you know, we first have to give the people the basic essentials of life, and then we can address the greed. Well, you got, you know, you got a house. But the house, they got 20, when we address the greed. But right now, you know, you can't have, uh, I can't say what anyone can't have. What doesn't make sense is like what I tell people when I break down some of the illnesses of capitalism. When you go in a black neighborhood and there's a dilapidated house, and then I go right downtown and there's a whole family. So I got a house that doesn't have a family and a family that doesn't have a house. That's the folly of capitalism. You know what I'm saying? So we say at the, at the very basic, the people's food, clothing, shelter at a minimum, and a minimal of a basic education that ensures functionality in a society should be, should be a, a, a right. 
You know what I'm saying? It should be a right. It shouldn't, I shouldldn't have to because I don't have money. It, it, it damn near practically guarantees my child's gonna get inferior education because the books don't get the uh, the school don't get the books computer lab this that hell you have a genius and I'm sure you've seen the differences in the schools and how you have a genius that can't even get in fact you and I were joking about it one day how your child is the reason they get certain funding <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying so yeah. I mean I mean and it's it's absolutely crazy because. Uh, my sister, who's a teacher in Atlanta Public Schools, mm-hmm. she, them kids, they never stopped the beat. They still attending classes. They're just doing it all online. Mm-hmm. Down in the rural area where I live, they're not doing that because these homes don't have computers. They don't mm-hmm. have Wi-Fi. They don't have mm-hmm. any way to log on. So these children are sitting and I'm like, what are you going to do? You cannot have children. You know, by law, you have to educate these children. But mm-hmm. this district, they don't have no computers. They don't have. So you know what they're going to do? They're going to pass or fail them. That's it. And I'm like, what? You can't. So no, even if you pass the child, they're not going to be prepared for the next grade level, even yeah. if you pass them. You know, so here we see where resources in Atlanta, they got tons of resources. Each one of those kids have a Chromebook. Each one of the teachers have it. They have printers, have this. They're still going. They're still going through an educational process. In the rural areas where there's not that money and there aren't those funds and there's not the expectation that you are responsible for getting your child uh, internet, computer, and everything else Mm -hmm. like that, your child stops. And I'm like, yo. And no one is is complaining about it. No you know why? Because no okay. they got they got plenty of watermelon fields, and Trump is in the Mexicans back. They got some. <laughs> we got something for them to do. <laughs> but Trump sent all the Mexicans back. <laughs> we can, the Mexicans are part of the Mexicans are part of our economy. I need you to understand that. Okay. <laughs> well, all the ones that don't, all the ones they can't tax. Sure. All the ones we can't can't tax. You're out of here. They are part of our economy. They are part of it. So, yo, I'm just saying. The the ones that are taxable, welcome to the American nightmare. Welcome to the anguish. This is America. I love it. This is America. Right, absolutely. Because it's like, look, I need you to understand where you are and what we're dealing with. Exactly. I need you to understand some of these houses, even if your child is at home, are not suitable for these kids to be in. We, mm. uh, uh, social workers and counselors, we so glad to see your kid because at least we knew that one more day that their mm. child is not with you. Exactly. You know? so, Man, am I, am I divulging too much? I, I may be getting too personal, but I've had an opportunity to ride with you as you've done your social work. And I seen you pull up to a place I know no human being was going to come out of, and they poured out of there like, I'm not going to refer to any type of uh, degrading insect, but damn. They just, I was like, ain't that many people in a shotgun shack. I mean, it was straight yeah. back sitting on cedar blocks. Y'all, I am dead serious. And this is my, we went from the city to abstract poverty, like in zero to 20 to yeah. like, poof, like yeah. ceiling, color purple type of thing going on. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Did we go back in time? I Man. Like, no, no, we did not go. We went around the corner. We didn't uh, go back in time. We, we went around the corner. And guess what? 
these kids are the kids that are in school with my child. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, it's so personal. And when we stop letting go of the us and the them, when we stop looking at this as someone else's problem and someone mm-hmm. else's neighborhood, when you really take a second to look and see who is in your neighborhood, then mm-hmm. you start to say, you know, number one, I care, not because I'm a black nationalist, but I care because this is impacting me. Even if all it does is impact the environment that my child mm-hmm. sits Absolutely. in for seven, Absolutely. eight hours a day, it's impacting me. And so Absolutely. we have to begin to take this seriously. The Walmart up the street is not restocking. It's not. And so wow. and I'm sitting here like, what wow. are you doing? What wow. happens when this little bit of food, I mean, multiple shelves are empty. They're not restocking anything. Now, the, the next grocery store is about 15, 20 minutes away. And I'm like, okay, what happens to all the people that were barely getting to this store? Where do they shop from there? How do they get around? And so, again, now my community has a new need. We need to get somewhere where we can make groceries, you know, and, and uh, we have to begin to assist them because what happens is then all we have is these little rinky-dink corner stores and our kids are eating continuous processed junk 24 mm-hmm. hours a day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if they start, you know, we pray that they start keep stocking those. They, okay? Okay? You know. So that they have yeah. something so that they can walk themselves up there because, unfortunately, a lot of our African-American children are being left to themselves while mom and dad tries to hustle up some funds because yeah. everyone's worried about rent. See, this mortgage uh, this mortgage thing, that only helps if you have a mortgage, which is yeah. like when you buy in your home. If you're not buying your home, then you have a different kind of situation. Mm-hmm. I know there's one county in Georgia, Atlanta, Fulton County that says they will not be processing any evictions while um, this coronavirus epidemic is in place, okay? There are, there has to be, I can't imagine how many counties just in the Atlanta area, okay? Mm-hmm. There, There's another three or four down here. I mean, there are tons of counties in Georgia. Only one has come forward and said that we're going to hold off on eviction, you know, so it's that kind of stuff where I'm like, people have to start being able to go make calls, uh, do whatever they need to do and say, hey, I need you to hold off on, I don't need to be able to lose my home while I can't work. Right. And that's that's where we have to say, okay, look, in our community, we're already living check to check and now there's no check. Exactly. So So this is where we have to Stop evicting me, okay, until I can get a job. Until I can get a job. And this is where we may have to be realistic, brothers and sisters. This is what we're talking about this time of crisis. And I'm and I'm so glad that uh, the National Director of Operations could get on and assist me because she is a social worker who does deal with social aspect of our community. And I think while we're getting a lot of what's going on, but wait a minute, did you just giggle? I, I did giggle because I'm not that good. This is not... I'm so contrary on so many issues, you know what I'm saying? There's yeah. so many things I'm not going with the new. So when you ask me to co-host, I'm sitting here like, and I asked you, I said, do you really want me to co-host? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you know how I feel about this. There's 159 mm-hmm. counties in Georgia. One wow. has said that we're not going to evict. One wow. out of you 159. See? 
And 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 that's what I mean by this is why I you know wanted this show because we're hearing so much about the corona, we're hearing so much about COVID nineteen, but we're hearing it from this you know a lot of medical perspective, a lot of speculation, a lot of what you can do. But I very rarely hear anybody dressing it from uh, the effect on us socially, economically, Absolutely. you know what I'm saying, psychologically. You know, uh, and and these are what has to be because this is real. 159 counties, one city is not evicted. Do we have, and we have asshole, pardon the language, verbiage alert. We have asshole landlords. You know what I'm saying? Are, are we ready to grab these family stuff and move yeah. them? Do we have emergency shelters to these families? You know, at times, listen, when it's not time of Corona, you leave your stuff on the curb. You know how we get people will shop your stuff like Walmart. They will pick through. You walk down the street, somebody be walking down the street with your drawers on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Over their pants. It, so, it, it's amazing. You know, working in communities that I do, I can always mm-hmm. tell when it's the sixth of the month. I can always tell mm-hmm. when it's the sixth. And I'm like, why does every month, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. you only get to the sixth. Now, if you had a mortgage, mortgages don't look for you for the two, three months. You know, they don't mm-hmm. even recognize you as not the, and, and that's the difference between a have and a have not. Mm-hmm. People don't know it costs a whole lot more money to not have money than it does. Exactly. Money. Okay. And I know exactly. That, I know that sounds stupid. I know it sounds crazy, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. That same house that you are renting, if mm-hmm. you lived in it, you wouldn't have to worry about this crisis because you know in two or three months. You could find something, some other work, or you yep. you could find a way to smooth it out. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But because you rent, you you're up, you're at the liberty of the landlord, who may yep. not be related to you, who may yep. not like you, who you know yep. who may be looking yep. for some other ways to make some money. You money. Know? You see what I'm saying? Exactly. So this is this is the drama. We we're, we're in contingency. We're on plan because we're facing some real dramas, and especially in those cities, and brothers and sisters, those of you still in our major cities, operating Atlanta, Detroit, Chicago, New York, these major cities where, you know, uh, not only if, you know, if there's a contaminant, it can spread rapidly, but can be locked down easily. You know what I'm saying? It can be locked down easily. Having a contingency plan, having plans, Two of saying, I like to hear the bravado. I won't take no vaccine. I ain't going to do nothing. I ain't going to listen, man. Starve you out a couple, seven days. A lot of y'all be lined up for that. Starve you. You get that vaccine and that that can and and some soup. I swear. (laughs) Seven days. We'll starve you out. They ain't going to fight you. You getting your Rambo gear together, your guns and all. You can do all that. They're not going to fight you out. Get the guns. They're not going to come and fight. They they said they'll be tough. Give them seven days. No grocery stores, no nothing. You will get that vaccine and that ham sandwich. Yes. They will, they will oh, come. You all you little Muslims are going to come get this ham sandwich, okay? <laughs> right. Right. You're going to come get this today. Yeah. You're going to come get it today. understand. This is part of the powers to be. This is why we've been saying garden. This is why we've been saying get a relationship with your local gardener and in your your market, your food market. We've been mm-hmm. saying you need to have an understanding and have a stockpile and learn how to work with beans and rice and other perishables, um, non-perishables, or, or, you know, just not going to fall apart in two days, don't need refrigeration. This is why we've been saying we need to have a survival understanding and have our emergency kits and everything else like that. But you've been thinking I've been a prepper 
and, and I'm no, I'm nowhere yeah. near a prepper. I'm right. nowhere near. Right. You know, I'm right. a human. I am mm-hmm. a mother. I have children that eat a lot of food. I have mm-hmm. cats that need food. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I have needs. Therefore, I'm trying to be aware of how to supply those needs no matter what's going on in the universe. And that mm-hmm. means even if Walmart goes down. You yes. know, do you have, do you know ATMs are electronic? Mm-hmm. So yes, I do. there's no electricity, there's no ATM, there's no exactly. money. Exactly, exactly. You trusted them to hold all your money. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. keeping all in the in the mattress, but I'm just saying you need to have a little bit such aside for emergency. You know, do you know where your important papers are? You know, does mm-hmm. everybody do you know where everybody's social security card, birth certificate? Is it in a waterproof bag? Do you have this? Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many things we could do just to get prepared right where we are. And I'm not talking for apocalypse. I'm talking about this has been two weeks. We in week one of two. You know what I'm saying? Okay. This is, okay. This is not the end of time. This is right. one week, family, one, and we're exactly. not prepared. Exactly. And we're, exactly. we're really not prepared. And we're not. And, and I love what you're saying. Those things. Listen, that's even when we're talking about planning and pulling together too. Let me give a disclaimer. The whole show's been great. I haven't been not a disclaimer, but call out. You're listening to the People's Black. <laughs> you're listening to the People's Black Panther Party Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, uh, National Chairman Yang Krumah. We have our National Director of Operations, Sister Seven, and we're just rapping about social responsibility, planning and pulling together, and just being realistic in this time of crisis. Like we uh, agreed, we get a lot of the medical advice and a lot of things you can look for from a lot of non-medical people. So be careful. Okay. Be careful, right? You know, be careful of the uh, snake oil, oil peddlers. You know what I'm saying? Be very careful. <laughs> so, yeah. but, you know, we have not haven't heard a lot of our social responsibility and actions to take and plan and how this affects us socially. We're talking about schools out. We're talking about uh, someone's telling us they're not restocking the Walmart. So just basic preparedness that every day you should be thinking about. Uh, and for those parties out there, I would recommend, listen, you want to be out there, Put those things on the fly and just pass them out if you put them in the door. Do you have your Social Security birth certificate and what a tight thing? Do you have matches? Do you have candles? Get a flashlight with that. Just little things and roll them up, put them in the door like the Jehovah's Witnesses do. Give yeah. some people the thing because our people are running around panicking, and what we do when we panic like that, that mass hysteria, we're like sheep. We follow the leader. If that nigga grabbed toilet tissue, ah, tissue. if he grabbed Kool-Aid, ah, and that's a swarm, we swarm the Kool-Aid. You know what I'm saying? So, but when you're going with a plan, you're not just running behind everybody, seeing what everybody's getting, and just grabbing. You're you're looting. You know, we panic and we get in and just start grabbing. I see people looting during Hurricane Katrina, grabbing tennis shoes and just all kinds of. So just you know, you're grabbing. You're just in a frenzy. So you know, know what you're buying. And frenzies are not effective. Not, not, not. We're not going to accomplish what you think you're going to get accomplished. And yeah. taking the time to kind of settle yourself down and to think about it, there are other better ways to handle it. And mm-hmm. and that's what we want to really, really stress. Look, before you do the panic mode, before you freak out, before you make some phone calls and find out about some things. Find out that's in your good. area how things are being handled. You know, mm-hmm. you may be in what's a, a suggested lockdown mm-hmm. area, not a mandatory lockdown area. You need to understand the difference between the two. You know what I'm saying? So 
uh, Chairman, we have a caller that would like to join us in the conversation. I want to strongly suggest, please, call in. I know myself am not an expert, you know, and I have different opinions from the populace. I would love to hear other opinions, thoughts, even if there's some techniques that you're using in your home um, to help with the time, to help with the children, whatever. I would love to hear more opinions. And, you know, the chairman, he is awesome about being open-minded, even when I'm not. So he is uh, fantastic about taking those callers. And and really being uh, open to, you know, talking about how we can work in our communities and the best ways to do that. So if it's all right with you, Chairman, I'd like to grab this phone line real quick. Please, please, yeah. Okay. Greetings. Welcome to the show. Blessings to uh, the Honorable National Chairman, to the sister spokesman, Mr. Southern Regional Chief of Staff, local Chairman Austin, New Black Panther Party for Self-Defense. Um, just like to chime in on some of the things that you were saying and just some of the teachings that I had received from the Honorable National Chairman um, as it deals with what we're dealing with as a people. Um, I feel that when you look at divine order system, my brothers, I think that this presents us an opportunity to really sit back and come together as a community and decide what we need to do. You know, some of our community representatives, instead of just sitting at home, you know, our our church leaders and, and et cetera, need to be taking this time out and, like you say, coming up with a plan just in case these things or when these things befall us. You know, uh, instead of waiting on the last minute, I think that this should be inspired. You know, when you when you when you receiving divine instructions, these are the type of revelations you receive, and I think that us as a people need to start preparing for this. We need to start going back to our culture where we, you know, relied on each other. You know, um, if it comes to the point to where we're losing our homes, we need to begin to have these relationships in our families and our communities where we can come together and live together. You know, um, take some of these playgrounds and some of these barbecue grills and, and some of this mess out of the backyard that we got in the backyard and these, and these pit bulls and all this, and let's begin to plant these gardens, you know, while we have time yes. so we won't have to worry about going to H-E-B um, to get these items that we need. You know, learn some skills and learn how to make things um, out of things that we have at our house like our grandmas used to do. And so I just think that divine orders and the ancestors are telling us that we just need to come back to our culture and just desegregate ourselves from systematic dependency. And that's where we are. You know, every time it's a crisis come, um, we always depend on the system. And then when the system can't provide, then we go get into a state of pandemonia instead of realizing that we are the system and we're the one that's fueling the system and just begin to go back to <laughs> mm-hmm. our culture. So. Uh, with that said, Sister, uh, awesome. to the Honorable Chairman, I appreciate this opportunity. So I stand down with that. Man, I'll pause to I'll pause to the people. Uh, man, I appreciate that comment. Man, I appreciate you calling in. Wonderful brother, man. Dynamic brother. Uh, yeah. That's all I can say to that comment. Yeah. And to touch on a few things with it, here is a time to go into communalism. A lot of times, some of, some of those of us that are visionaries will get a, a message, whether it be through a vision we see in our mind, through just a concept. A lot of my visions come through concept. So uh, communalism was a concept when it began to unfold 
not just as a political thought, but when the, the divine began to show me communalism as a way of existence with all things in existence, a way of existing with all things in existence, then I began to see how it could be effective for the for the people. And you begin to see the things that uh, don't promote and push communalism as not effective, like the coronavirus. You know what I'm saying? While we're all concentrated on the health aspect of it, the social dynamic of the of us being divided isn't really addressed. Therefore, we almost go through it alone. We don't know what to do. And people are going to be drastically affected. You're right. It's time for us to go back to what they call the uh, nuclear family, not the secular family, but the nuclear family. When grandmother was in the house, we have to quit this, this mentality, this colonized mentality of nursing homes. Unfortunately, my grandmother had gotten so ill um, that none of the children could care for her. And I wasn't financially nor probably responsible enough to care for her. So the unfortunate truth is she had to be in a home, an assistant living home. It, it, you know, it isn't my favorite thing. But when we get back to now that assistant living home, that is, she can't get visitors. So when we get back, to, you see what I'm saying? So when we get back mm-hmm. to the nuclear family where she's in the house, she would have been in there with family members. Should something happen? I don't even know. And this is why we're talking about the psychological effect of coronavirus on our people. Should something happen to my yeah. grandmother, my mother's mother, my uncle's mother, this and that, sister, my great uncle's sister, this is going to psychologically affect the family, especially if in her last days we weren't allowed to be there to, if nothing, comfort ourselves. She would have moved on to a better place, transitioning with the ancestors, but psychologically we have to live with the not saying the earthly goodbyes. You you see, so it's now we're seeing one of our, I don't want to say errors, but one of our greatest energies put into a military defense force in our community, thinking the attack is always going to be, you know, we got caught up in the hype, myself included. The attack is always going to be that straight physical attack of some, you know, brave cracker, some nigger hater coming at us with machine guns, and we're not looking at, chemical warfare and the psychological, political, economic, uh, social effect of chemical warfare on the people. Correct. You know what I'm saying? In addition to the other warfare waged at us, outright blatant physical warfare, outright blatant economic exploitation, outright blatant human oppression. So now you're throwing this into the mix. How are we going to address this? And the time for us you know, bravado, posturing, and standing in front of the cameras with our hands on our hip are really over. We not, they've shut down where we can come together. So we can't call an emergency convention of some of our more um, influential liberators, but we have to begin while now we still have access to this airwave. We have to begin to set up a form of communication, even if we have to start, you know, small wave radio, Operating, but right now we have to at least set the link up between one another that we can pull these resources. Like I said, I'm locked into a state. There's no travel for me on it. You may be locked into a state, and that's and I say that casually, but that's really frightening. Yeah, that's really be. frightening. You it could quite be. possibly be locked in your state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then, you, then they'll be looking for papers. 
So I, exactly. you have your you have your health wellness papers, you know. Exactly. So it's right back to tracking and it's right back. See, I'm telling you there's too many conspiracies. I've seen as government use opportunities like this to create institutions that work against the lower class, which is of course African Americans, all of these beautiful brown people we got here. Yeah. All you yeah. know, e- even the social economically you know, disenfranchised whites, all of this, all of these mm-hmm. people, they will work against them quickly. And so, you know, we are really, really putting ourselves in poor we're, situations. We're One pushing the against things, the clock, too. Yeah. Look at that. Sorry jumping in, like, interrupting. No. We're, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're, we're fighting time. So this message, and, and, and speaking of fighting time, I am coming up on my hour. Yes. <laughs> and this has been yes. a very interesting show, but this is Another show to listen in to your show, which I'm sure you're probably touching on some things. I don't know. There's no way you can really talk and avoid this whole issue. People are going to call in and put you back on it. Correct. I know definitely I would advise um, the listeners to tune in to Chief of Staff. If you want to know really the lowdown, hoedown, tune in to Chief of Staff Wars program. You know yeah, what I'm saying? You can find those programs. You could go to the uh, People's Black Panther Party Facebook page. Those programs are posted there. You can go and click on a link to listen to one of the older shows. But I think Chief has done two programs on it, um, giving us lots of information and really, you know, talking about the economic aspects of this and mm-hmm. everything else like that. So we, there are a lot of things that we, in this one hour, we didn't get to, but they really impact um, our communities. Absolutely. And uh, we'll address them again, God willing. I we you know I would love not to have to do this again next week, meaning that something miraculous okay. happened. You know what I'm saying? But my next go around, we may um, address this again. There again, you know, I tell my uh, people be safe out there, be positive. This is one of the things too. If you need us, this is one of the things that the People's Black Panther Party specialize in: not emergency response or you know Christ thing, but one of the things is administration. You know what I'm saying? And so we will help to put the resources together. If you got resources in your community, your party or your group, or your individual got resources, whatever, we'll help. We, I have dynamic organizers on my side. That's what they do. That's what they do. They will help you put a formulate a plan. We get a plan together, a pipeline together, and organize this thing, and I'm willing to guarantee it will be effective and efficient. We just need people willing to um, volunteer and be ready to play their part. If you drive trucks, if you hardcore boots on the ground and you willing to move some supplies, if we get the supplies, you say, I got vans and trucks and I got soldiers willing to move it, then we'll load your truck up with supplies and send you on the way. So give you a contact point and this and that. And we, so we will definitely are willing to work with anybody that's willing to uh, get together to organize for our people, you know, because there again, let me reiterate, we are in a crisis not just health-wise. We need our health departments up and running. Here is the importance. We should now see the importance of having full operating uh, parties and whatever specialty you're operating in, in us coming together, but within the parties that, you know, function like we function, the importance of having the mechanisms, a health department. I know Sister Muhammad, I don't know if she's still over the Black Cross nurses, but if she is reaching out to Sister Muhammad, I'm sure they're active and I haven't, you know, I'm throwing under the I'm throwing out there and I haven't even spoken with her to get permission to say this, you but <laughs> you know, right. But I'm sure you I can, can say it. 
that mm-hmm. that Sister Mohammed the over the Black Cross nurses. She gets stuff cracking, and she really works in Texas and Louisiana region, where Louisiana, where it's hard hit. Work with the sister. I'm sure she's probably going to get some stuff going and could use, if not manpower, economic support, supplies. If your region isn't a region hard hit and you got soldiers willing to run supplies, let's get it. Let's just get it. You know, ain't nothing to talk about. We don't have to plan over long. Let's just put people where they're willing to work and we can get it. Absolutely. Yeah. So with that, I'm going to, did you want to say a particular uh, Boyne Voyage or <laughs> no, no, I appreciate everyone's patience with mm-hmm. uh, my conspiracy. So I, I really do. I believe that we do need to take the time to think further, to ask more questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. If something doesn't mm-hmm. feel right about it, say it. And so, you know, let's let's talk about it. Let's make sure that, you know, I'd rather talk about your suspicions than have a problem that you knew about that we didn't address. So, you know, I I am a confrontational kind of person. Let's hit it. Let's find out what the problem is and then find out the solutions. So um, don't think that, you know, it's just you. Any little question you got in your head, I promise you there's 100 people with that same question. So let's let's start putting our resources together on that. So thank you, everybody, for your patience. All right. And with that, I'm going to leave you like I always greet you, and that's all powers to oppress people. African power to an African people and black power. Black power.